Well, good day to you. It's Joel with the King Country dropping in to let you know that our brand new film, Unsung Hero, is in theaters now. It's Luke here. We've teamed up with the creators of Jesus Revolution to bring you this adventure of a lifetime. It's a powerful, true story about a family uniting, growing in their faith, and facing the impossible together. In theaters now, unsunghero.movie for more information. Rated PG. Parental guidance suggested. Welcome to the Heart of Dating podcast. Hey, it's Kate. I'm so glad you could join us this week as we try to untangle the ever so ambiguous world of dating as a Christian. Over here on Heart of Dating, we get real as we answer some tough questions and uncover transformative ways to approach Christian dating. Oh, and you better believe we have some laughs along the way because last time I checked, the struggle is hashtag real. You know what I'm saying? Now, let's get to the heart of the matter. Hey, hey, everybody. It's your girl, Kate Warman here, and welcome back to the Heart of Dating podcast. I'm so glad you are tuning in this week. Hey, if you didn't know, we now have YouTube. Hello. You can watch us each and every week doing the podcast. After four years of doing Heart of Dating, this is the first time ever that we're actually offering video so you can actually watch the podcast. And it's actually really fun because as you know, my fiance, JJ Tomlin, has been coming up on the show with me. And it's been really fun doing the video podcast because you totally get a different dynamic when you get to see us interact and have these conversations. You get to see fun things like Levy or Teddy making a cameo and other really random stuff that does happen only when you're watching the video. So do us a favor and go over to YouTube and watch our YouTube podcast. It'll also be in the show notes here. Um, And if you can, will you like, subscribe, and even comment on the video, um, the video podcast today. That would mean a lot to us. Hey, you guys, we are so stoked because JJ has just been on the podcast now for a few weeks now, and we have been having such a good time being able to serve you guys in a unique and different way. What we've been doing the last few weeks is we've really been bringing you guys into our story and kind of also sharing a lot of the things we've learned in the process. And we've been taking you pretty much in chronological order from when we first met until uh, the stage that we are talking about today, which is talking about sexual past. Woo, woo, woo. And so if you guys are liking this, would you let us know? We want to really serve you well. If this is your first time listening to this podcast, I want to welcome you officially to the Heart of Dating community. This is a podcast you are listening to, but it's much more than just a podcast. We have an epic community of single Christians from around the world that do life together. I want to invite you to come and join our Facebook community over on Facebook, where we have over 8,000 single Christians actively doing life together all around the world. You can go to facebook.com forward slash heart of dating, and you can click to join our private group. Just make sure you answer all of the questions in order to be able to be admitted to the group. Also, if you didn't know, we are on TikTok now. And my gosh, like y'all, my team wrote me into TikTok and my best friend is now like TikTok famous and she convinced me to do this. And so I was like, okay, fine, we're going to do it. So check us out on TikTok at at Heart of Dating. We're having a blast there and JJ's even contributing a bit now. You guys, it's been a blast. So come over and check out the things we're doing over on TikTok. Shout out to our amazing 
amazing Heart of Dating intern Haley and to Gabriella, who is always our TikTok MVP, really just our social media MVP. She does so much for us at Heart of Dating. Okay, today we're getting into the topic of sexual past and this is a doozy. And JJ and I introduce it and introduce the fact that it is a doozy because there's so much to talk about here. And I think there's a lot of shame and there's a lot of pain when it comes to this topic. So my hope and my prayer is wherever you land on the spectrum, whether you have an extensive sexual past or whether you don't, that you listen to the conversation today with open ears and that you listen with a lens of grace and compassion for yourself and for other people. Uh, I think that is probably the most important thing when we're having this conversation. So without further ado, let's get into the podcast today. Hey, everybody. What's up, you guys? Welcome back. I'm back (laughs) again. We have you here, babe. This has been fun. If you guys didn't know, this year at the beginning of the year, we decided to change things up with the podcast where we, I, I decided to interview less guests and focus a little more on really answering true practical dating questions so we could really give you guys really good advice. Yeah. And I think the feedback's been really good so far. Yeah. And then obviously you came in the mix halfway through this year, Yeah, the beginning of this year. Yeah. I I don't know if we really plan to do this many together, but it's been <laughs> received really well. I think you guys have really liked it. And We've it's been, been taking it week by week. <laughs> I know. And it's been a fun way to kind of unpack our story together. Yeah. Which I, I think people really like hearing. I agree, honey. Well, should we tell them what we're talking about today? Yeah, today we're talking about sexual history. Mm, The sexual past. Yeah. And physical boundaries. Yeah. Though we're probably going to put that in episode two because I don't think we're going to have time to get into it today. That'll be a great one. That'll be how to set them and how to keep them. (laughs) And Well, I think it's how to know what they are for you. Because we're not legalistically telling you this, that, or the other, and then know how to set them and keep them. Yeah. And I think keeping them is probably the most important. Yeah. Because we're human. Yeah. And it's a learning process. Exactly. So we'll get into that. But um, if you guys didn't know, you can actually watch us on YouTube. Hey, guys. Hey, guys. And we're matching again. We are Kate those people, okay? Matching. You also love matching. Yeah. Don't lie. You <laughs> suggested today. You were like, oh, do you want to wear your Nike sweater? I'm like, oh my gosh. Okay, honey. Okay. Yeah, she out of <laughs> me. I think it's cool. I love it. I love it. Okay, so we love it. We're definitely that couple that likes to match and we're not ashamed about it. Yeah, I make her match me or before I go see her some days, if I see what she's wearing, like on her Instagram story, I'll purpose. Or he'll sometimes ask like, what colors are you wearing? And honestly, it's fun. I think it's just like a fun way for us to show up and be unique and different. Yeah, well, it's a lot better than me showing up in like some graphic tee and, you know, like (laughs) cargo pants. And she just looks at me up and down like, what are you doing? Cargo. Well, cargo pants are just not in in general. So I love the. I'm a big cargo guy. <laughs> I think they just get way too much hate. You know, what? I can't even say anything now because the 90s are back and I'm wearing all these things that yeah. I thought I never would wear, including I got those ugly sandals recently, babe. <laughs> <laughs> They're so fetch. They are really they're popular. Bad. They're like bad. No, you like them. I think they're cool. Well, they're from I, Target. I okay, I didn't spend a lot of money on these. My, Twenty bucks. I get. I wear my Birkenstocks, and she looks at me. But I think it's a little different because she has like pedicure feet, and I have like Hobbit feet. So, <laughs> anytime I show off my feet, it's like 
<laughs> you love making that sound. Yeah. Any opportunity for JJ to make the, gag. the, th- the gag throw up sound, he favorite. does. So I'm sorry for those of you listening. Well, if you I'm guys really saw my sorry. feet, you probably would have the same reaction. <laughs> Fair enough. You so do I, have hobbit feet, honey. Yeah. It's okay. Not everyone has great feet, and that's okay. <laughs> yeah. I still love you and Thank your you. feet. I just don't have a foot fetish. Okay? I know. I know you don't. I'm thankful for that, but it's funny. I give her the foot massage and then when I put my feet up, she's just like, I'm like, oh, I gotta <laughs> away from me. Yeah. I'm like, all right. I'm glad this is a two way street. <laughs> anyway, we'll have to talk about that later, but yeah, sexual past. That's what we're talking about today. And you know, it's funny because do you want to tell them about our notes and what we went over before this? Oh my goodness. Well, <laughs> I think this is going to be really helpful for everybody mm-hmm. because Kate is a little bit older. She definitely got like the brunt, <laughs> just a little bit, five and a half years. <laughs> and she got like the brunt of the purity culture, especially yeah. from the female experience. Yeah, totally. And I was a little bit on the late side of that and um, definitely didn't get it as much, especially from a male experience. I think it's a little bit different. Yeah. And so even when we did the prep and the notes for this and we were going through like the walkthrough, which is typically a little bit smoother. It was like, no, pause. We, we're we not saying that. I was like, you know? babe, I know you have good intentions with the way you just said that to me. It's like, ooh, reminiscent of purity culture language. So we got to move away from that. Yeah, which is great. There's there's easier ways to say things. And what I like is there's a lot to unpack behind certain words. Yeah. And the, just the word itself can mislead people. And what so word? pure. Purity. Yeah, there's just a ton a of, lot of words. Yeah, a ton yeah. of like single buzzwords. And um Virgin. Oh yeah, gosh, virgin, like all these words. Yeah. And just to be like flat out and throw it out there, I'm a virgin. Uh meaning. And Kate is not, meaning okay. I have not had sexual intercourse, and Kate has. Mm-hmm. And so even then, just throwing out the word virgin and that is like there's a lot behind that. And yeah, we're all adults here, like we're all comfortable talking about like Sex is very layered, right? And it's very gray. And just because you're not a virgin or you are a virgin with sexual intercourse does not mean you're you're guilty or you're guilt-free yeah. of having a... And I even hate the word guilty. See? Yeah, exactly. I like go into that and I'm like, but I think the reality that, you know, well, okay, we're going to jump in here, but I want to pray first. Let's yeah. pray because okay. I have even a thought that come, is coming up. Like we just go roll, but like... We're going to roll into the conversation. We have a lot to say, babe. Yeah, it's great. Do you, would you pray over us? Yeah, I'll pray. And we'll just real quick. Yeah. Jesus, thank you so much that your grace covers a multitude of sins. Mm-hmm. I thank you so much that regardless of what sexual experience that we have had, we have never experienced true sex, true mm-hmm. covenantal sex between man and woman in the Institute of Marriage. Yeah. We have never had that. We've never tasted it. Mm-hmm. And Lord, we just hold on to that promise that we still have the true gift of sex ahead of us, regardless of our background. Mm-hmm. Let us approach each other in grace and be quick to listen and slow to anger in Jesus name. Amen. Mm, Amen. And with that, you know, want to start by saying, you know, this is a conversation that needs to be approached with a lot of grace in two ways, grace for yourself. Okay. Grace for yourself. If you don't handle it perfectly, the conversations you're about to have with somebody you're dating grace for your own past. If your past is potentially like mine or even like JJ's, which he'll talk about later and grace for 
you know, the other person. And that is a really important thing that we're going to hit on a lot today because we just think if Jesus was in these conversations, no matter what the person's past is or no matter what yours is, like he would be there being like, I love you and you are made new in me. And he would look at you and embrace you and welcome you. Like, babe, you said this yesterday when we were talking about this, the story of the prostitute. Yeah. I mean, think about that. Yeah. I mean, if there's one person who had the right mm -hmm. to throw the stone, it would be Jesus. Mm -hmm. And when he was looking at this prostitute, he did not move out of anger. He didn't move out of judgment. And he had the right to. Yeah. And said he chastised the Pharisees and the people about to stone her. Yeah. That's who he, he defended her. And she was like caught red handed. Yeah. Like it was like the prime time of like dropping the hammer of justice, you know, yeah, and judging he's like, her. Who would like, if you, what did he say specifically? I'm he among you who have not sinned can throw the first stone. Yes, exactly. And so it was such a cool moment because he had every right yeah. to define her by her sexual background, her sin and where she was. And instead he chooses to look past her and see her for the daughter that he created and love her. And then of course he tells her to go and sin no more. But in that there was forgiveness and seeing her for who she was, which is more than her sexual background. Yeah. And she was caught like in the middle of it. Yeah. And it's so sobering for all the other people, which is like part of this conversation, you guys, like when we get into like, if you are one of those individuals who maybe wouldn't date someone because of their sexual past, like he who has not sinned, you throw the first stone, yeah. right? He among you who has not sinned, then you throw the first stone. But the reality is we are all sinners. And I think this brings up for me just the reality and, you know, in my experience as well with having a sexual past is that a lot of times with the conversation of sex specifically, we really, and sexual sin, quote unquote, we put it like worse or higher up than any other yeah. potential sin out there. And yeah. there's a lot, there's so many different ways. I mean, if you think about it, we sin every day, whether outrightly or in our minds, like mm -hmm. with our thoughts and different things. And so there are various ways in which we sin, but somehow when it comes to this topic of sexuality and sexual sin and having sex or the other, not just intercourse, but other things, like we are, we heighten it so much of like, oh, you did what? Yeah. You know, like, and it's like, that's worse than gossiping, than lying, than slandering, than treating someone really, really poorly. Mm -hmm. um, that is worse. And I just think that is not right. Yeah. All. It's almost put like in a pedestal on both yeah. sides, uh, yeah. just because you, you are a quote unquote virgin, right? Yeah. It's on a pedestal, like you're a little bit more holy in mm -hmm. some ways. And I, and I say that because I did that, yeah. you know, and then the vice versa is like, if you're not a virgin, then you're unclean and tampered. Oh, and, and I hate those into, words. Like, yeah. by the way, that is never verbiage that we would ever say to anybody who has a sexual past. Yeah. Like I, that's well, the purity culture terms. You're unclean and yeah. it's just you're horrible. Like your tampered goods, you know. Oh it's, my it's, gosh, it's the a, worst. Well, it's just a very sad way because the amount of self-righteousness, and we're going to get into this. It What it actually does is the person speaking those terms is assuming a self-righteous yeah. and arrogant position. And, and I've done that in the past. I'm, I'm really sad to say it. And so we help, 
We hope that this episode is for both the person with a sexual past that's more extensive and external, and then for the person with a internal sexual past, you know, who is maybe a quote unquote virgin, but meaning you haven't had sexual intercourse. Yeah, however. but we all know, like, especially in the digital age, like the rampant use of pornography and all these other things, like that's why when Jesus in Matthew 5, what, 27, when he was talking to the Pharisees, first he was talking about anger and he's talking about the Ten Commandments. And then he talked about adultery because you had a lot of these goody good uh, Pharisees who were um, abstaining from sex, who thought they were checking the box. Well, Jesus came in there and just brought the roof down yeah. because he said, hey, guys, if you lust in your heart, you have already committed adultery. Yeah. And that is the same logic for us today. If you might be a virgin and check that box for sexual intercourse, but I'm sorry, if you have looked at pornography, if you've lusted in your heart, if you've if you've acted on that lust in any kind of way, then guess what? You've committed the same adultery that somebody who's committed the external act of sexual intercourse. Like you guys are equal. We we have yeah, both in different ways. Short. And and I have other thoughts on that, but yes, like the point is you are not quote unquote, more righteous because you've never had sexual intercourse yeah. before. Now you have a good experience. Well, yeah. uh, you have a good example of yeah. how this played out in a relationship, right? Yeah. And yeah, not a good experience, but I dated a, a lovely guy and years ago and he, you know, we were just feeling all the feels, all the things. And then eventually came up my sexual past through a period of a few months, which we will get into this, but we don't encourage bringing this up first thing, not at all. Um, but eventually through time, I shared more about my sexual past with him and I'll never forget, like he was in shock truly in shock about my sexual past. And not only was he in shock, like he could not process it. So, you know, the first, and it was like, I, so I had been in a period of, you know, healing from my sexual past, taking a break from men from my past. And you guys know my story. I've been in an abusive relationship and that a relationship was also sexually abusive. And then before that I had been in relationships where I'd been sexually active. And after all of that, I took a break off of dating and started reclaiming who I was and also reclaiming my sexual ethic and what that meant for me and my yeah. relationship with sex and why I was why I clung to sex and use that as a tool to connect. I had a really um, bad relationship with it, to be honest. And that comes from a lot of my personal wounding mm -hmm. and that needed healing. And I had done a lot of that healing, albeit not all of it. Even some of that still comes up where I'm like, oh, wow, there's something there I need to address. Yep. Um, but Needless to say, I'd done a lot of work. And then I shared this with this guy and I'm good. I feel good about my past in a way of like, I have reconciled it with the Lord. I've reconciled it with myself. I have reclaimed what my new boundaries are. I've decided that I was going to wait to have sex until marriage. And I had been absent at that point for like a very long time. Yeah. And so... Anyway, I'm revealing my past to him and he's like in shock and I'm like, oh my goodness. Okay. He's in shock. And then, but not only was it like that one conversation that he was in shock by, he kept bringing it up. He kept bringing it up like in different points. We would have like, I remember one amazing date night we went on and then we went somewhere after the date night, like a late night diner. And he just brought it up. Like, I still can't get it out of my head that you have this in your past. And I was like, oh my goodness. Oh my goodness. And so and the reality is he was wrestling with that on his own, but he should not have communicated that in that depth to me that needed to be processed outside of our relationship. And it caused me so much unnecessary shame because 
I had already dealt with my shame from my sexual past. And now he's, it's like resurfacing because this guy is making me feel that much worse about it. I'm like, I understand that he may needed to process some of that. However, it shouldn't have been, that is, he shouldn't have had that reaction to me ideally and not continually bring it up. So um, that really, really was hard for me. Yeah. And And how long had you been dating when you kind of, I think about three about months. Okay, yeah. yeah. That's a good time time frame. It really sounded like he... Well, um, granted, we had like jumped in really fast. So we were yeah. in like a very serious relationship. Our pace was not on board. Yeah, like that was, like that's not a good ideal. Like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, to be honest, it sounded like, you know, you being a virgin was a deal breaker for him. Yeah. And he just like assumed... It deal breaker. Yeah, an yeah. unsaid one, which is important. And then two, he just assumed because you're a Christian that you had us you know a free history of any kind of like sexual past yeah which is a horrible assumption absolutely horrible assumption. Well, it's just a sad one because guess what he probably has an assumption on his end mm-hmm. that because he is a virgin and can check that box that he doesn't have a sexual history either and i know his sexual history and i'm not going to share that but like it wasn't it was very 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 unfair let's yeah. just put it that way yeah. um but babe this brings up a great point mm-hmm. okay because I think a lot of people put their sexual past or lack thereof specifically sexual intercourse on a pedestal. And they're like, they, it's like this virginity, like prize, like my virginity is like up there on a pedestal. And it is like this prize that I have, I have kept it. And it's like, I'm also just going to say it. It's like those individuals, Sometimes those people are also the people that have done literally everything else and maybe even looked at pornography, but they're like, but I'm a virgin (laughs) and I'm amazing. And, you know, but, and they're like, they put it on a pedestal. Yeah. Uh, And, you know, I just, what do you, yeah. Do you have any experience with that even personally with your past? Yeah, I do. And firstly, I would just say if, if you are a virgin and meaning you can check the box and you haven't had sexual intercourse, like great, like really great. And I'm really happy that you've saved that for marriage. But in reality is like the whole sexual experience, even from sleeping in the same bed to making out and all these things that are not sexual intercourse, these are all great things that you want to save for marriage. Like Kate and I don't sleep in the same bed together Hmm. because we view that as an intimate experience that's not sex that we want to save for the gift. And again, we're not saying this to be a prescriptive thing to you. You need to figure that out, but that doesn't check the box of sexual intercourse, but that is a sacred, sweet, intimate thing that we want to save for marriage. Mm -hmm. That's important. Now, okay. I have a lot of things. I won't even get into the graphics. Okay. Now I will just quickly talk about as a quote unquote virgin who checks the box of no sexual intercourse. Did I ever put sex and the virgin conversation on a pedestal and i don't think i ever and this might i think hopefully touches people Mm -hmm. i never mindfully did but i subconsciously did as like a barometer of the other person's like sexual um you know, past and like their spirituality, like they are connected, like, connected. like yeah. kind of that guy did. To me. Yeah. And which is really unfair because we, first of all, everybody has a background before they are a Christian. Everybody has a background of some sort. And what's most important is who they are today. Yes. And the, yes. I, as and I, who they are becoming, yes, that is really important. Super. Because as I kept reading the Bible and pursuing God, you, you read the Bible and all you find 
is story after story of imperfect person Mm -hmm. an imperfect person who is called to higher purpose and a new being and a new mission in Christ. Look at Paul. He was hunting down Christians. Mm -hmm. If we graded Paul on not just like the sexual background, but his just background in general, like he would have no business being the greatest apostle that ever was. Right. You know, he wrote. Well, that's the funny thing. A lot of the people that Jesus chose even to be his disciples yeah. were people with wild past. They're the tax or that collector, came, yeah. like everybody. So, mm-hmm. and then it hit me as I read these amazing stories of redemption, like why could that not be my future wife? Yeah. Like why can my future wife not have a background and a history and be called to a higher purpose. Yeah. If anything, that was more appealing to me because she's been to the bottom, she's experienced the low of lows, and then she's experienced the redemption of Christ that much more. Yeah. And her mission, her testimony on earth is like powerful yeah. and like ready to go. So I love that. And then as I turned the mirror internally, I was like, wait a second, how can I hold that, that my the, her sexual past against her and not extend grace after all I have received. Mm. It's like the story of the the parable of the two debtors. Yeah. Well, we're also recording this on like Easter weekend. And it's like the perfect opportunity to think about like, my gosh, like how much Christ did for us, yeah. how much grace he had for us, how much love he has for us. Yeah. Right? And, and how could you ever deny that for somebody else after yeah. you have received it personally? And what's more than that is I have received it for all my external sin and lusting and sexual past and my internal, all the thoughts and all the, I have a history with pornography use, all the hidden sin. I've received grace for that nobody knows about. So the fact that I could ever sit on my little throne and look and cast judgment and grade her and judge her based off her sexual past is just so unfair. And so, um, you know, and then the last one is just like, we'll get into this is why is her sexual past less sinful than mine? Why is it less worse? Yeah. Yeah. Why is it less? Why is her sexual past less bad than mine? Yeah. So that's for everybody listening who has put, sexuality and virginity on a pedestal like okay that that's a great thing that you decided early on and you stuck to and that's awesome some people were not afforded that same opportunity based on their past yeah and some people made mistakes you know and and fortunately we all have the same gift of true sex before us in marriage between man and woman in covenant so we all get to experience that together yeah So. so a lot of people ask well okay so kate you know I have a sexual past, you, like meaning you have a sexual past too, but yeah. I have, I've had sex before, I mean, intercourse. And so has that affected us? That's why you're laughing because the way I said it, Yeah. intercourse. <laughs> oh my gosh. I just was really intense on that. Like the clarity of that. You sound like a biology teacher. <laughs> intercourse. <laughs> anyway. Oh my goodness. We have to clarify that for you guys too, because- Sex is so layered. Yes. It is so layered. So you have to really clarify intercourse because we'll talk about this on the boundaries more, the Mm -hmm. physical boundaries. Like it, the sexual experience is so much more than just sexual intercourse. Yes. Yeah. And how you define sex is very, I don't know. I think that also. We'll get into some great definitions. Yes. But you know, how did my past, meaning that I had sexual intercourse affect us in any way? Yeah. Do you want to answer it? Well, 
Yeah, I would say here's the thing for for the person. Well, okay, was it were you worried about that in any capacity? No, because and th- this is what I would say to the guy who that experience with you and the person who can check the the virgin box of intercourse is you need to be really clear going in to relationships and dating if this is something that you're comfortable with and can talk about and work through because if you get into the relationship and all of a sudden like this guy you know you have this huge assumption that they are a virgin and check the box and you have to you have to work through all these things that when they do reveal that news of any kind of sexual background whether it's porn use it's actual sex or other things in the sexual experience you're going to be quote-unquote surprised you're going to be working through it and when they come to you and you have that hard conversation, like you have to already have that sorted out. I feel like in your mind and your spirit and your heart, because when, if you don't, you're going to be focusing on you and your interpretation and your receiving of that instead of being able to focus on them and, and giving and extending grace and giving and extending love and seeing them for who they are and not be like, Oh, Oh, oh gosh, that really caught me on guard. I really have to double think this. So meaning like this is like internal work we encourage you to do beforehand. If yeah, you're the I person who really like if the idea of finding out that your partner's sexual history is more extensive than yours and potentially that they've had sexual intercourse, you need to work that out right now. Yeah. You need to work through the mindset of that possibility and and how you're going to respond and ask God to give you grace, ask him to heal the areas of self-righteousness potentially mm-hmm. that are attached to the previous mentalities that put virginity on a pedestal yeah. and, and you know these what, expectations you know that what, are unfair. Yeah. Do you know what changed it for me actually? What? In college, I had, um, I was part of campus outreach. It's kind of like, um, you know, Christ crusade or some of these, uh, discipleship um, really great, amazing ministries. And the top dog of the whole region was talking about the, having to have this talk with his wife when they were engaged and going to get married. And he had to take her out on a picnic and, and tell her, you know, what he's done before he was a Christian, especially. And when he told me this though, it was, he was so vulnerable and he was like, you know, it was a painful experience because he had to, he had to watch that on his partner's face realized that he wasn't perfect. But what was really cool about that is I, I definitely saw a moment of like empathy for him because he wasn't proud of that when he communicated, like the last thing that would have helped right there is her shaming him, bringing it up, holding it against him. And said she, she cried and still loved him and saw him for who he was that day. And he was leading a ministry he was in a really great position, changing a lot of students' lives. So she had the opportunity to see the past and hold that and her definition of him or see him for who he was that day. Yeah. That's really good, honey. Yeah. And here's the thing as we're talking about this for, you know, the person who's trying to work through these mindsets before they go into dating, maybe they put virginity on a pedestal or, or for the person who is like me listening, who does have an extensive sexual past or sexual history who is like worried about what somebody might think of that sexual past. This is what I think I really want to communicate today. This message, your sexual past is not the most important thing about you. 
nor is it the most important thing about someone else. Your sexual past is not the most important thing about you, and it's not the most important thing about someone else. And we that is something we need to rewire because it is taught from purity culture and from a lot of different angles that this is like the pinnacle, save this thing till marriage, and you must be with somebody who also has done the same. And it's like, wait a second, there's it's not the most important thing about us. Now, what is? The, who we are in Christ. Yeah. That Jesus, I think it's that Jesus' blood is covering them mm. and that they are a new creation yeah, on a new mission in life and that they are covered, you know, and fortunately, because what we'll talk about a little bit deeper is mm. if we are all defined by our sexual background, then we have all, you know, failed. And then we- in different we, ways. Yeah. And, and, and it's just, it's not the most important thing about you and, or somebody else. Yeah. It's just like, we have to stop making it like the it thing, like the it factor, which goes into, babe, what would you say to the person who, who they have a deal breaker in their head of mm -hmm. like somebody who has a sexual past? Like they don't want to date or take it any further with a person once they find out their sexual past. That is like a deal breaker. Kind of like the guy to me, however, he continued to date me. Yeah. But what would you say for the person who like won't date somebody because their sexual past or because or who breaks up with somebody because of their sexual past? Yeah, it's a great question. And I've said this a few times now. So this is for the people who can check the virgin box of no sexual intercourse. Mm -hmm. So if, if you feel like your partner being a virgin is a deal breaker to you, yeah. my only question is, do you feel like you're walking into that relationship with a perfect sexual background? Yeah. Like you've been perfect. Yeah. And if you can honestly, if you can honestly say yes, then I admire you. And you're also yeah. a liar. <laughs> you're also a liar. <laughs> Because the reality is, as you yeah. go through, and this is what I love when Jesus, and the first time I really learned this was, he went through all 10 commandments with the Pharisees through his time. And he, cause they were like all about the 10 commandments. Oh, I've never committed adultery. <laughs> you know, duh. Like yeah. I'm never, you know, and I'm, oh, I've never gotten angry, you know, externally and lashed out in anger. Like I'm, I've kept, I'm 10 for 10 every day bro and when yeah, he bro, came in come at me bro yeah, i'm good over here exactly but and what he taught them is i'm sorry people if you can check the box it's great and keep checking the box and keep saving that for marriage i'm a huge proponent of saving yourself for marriage because there's a lot more to it than just saving yourself for marriage there's so much more behind it than that but if if it is a deal breaker for you and you can check the box and you really are hoping and praying that the other person can, you can keep hoping and praying, but don't be disappointed when they, when they come and they're not perfect. Cause guess what? You are not perfect. And the yeah. second that you've looked at pornography, the second that you've, you've looked at an attractive person being attracted to another I mean, person is not anyway. It doesn't even yeah. have to just be it's, a sexual yeah. sin. And, like, gee, but if you want to play this, if you want to play it on the sexual playground, like, and go tit for tat, you both are, you both have fallen short. Like you both have a background. And so you are not perfect. And so when you walk into that, I'm not trying to encourage you to find a less godly man or woman. Yeah. Because sexual, but, like your sexual past has nothing to do with it, how godly you are today. Exactly. Man, that's another line. Your sexual past has nothing to do with how godly you are today. Yes. In this moment. Gosh. Yeah. 
I'm so fired up. <laughs> <laughs> it is it is worth getting fired up for because I think in the past there's been a lot of people who have been dismissed yeah. because of their past. Yeah. And if you are going to start dismissing people of your past, then guess what? Look in the mirror and dismiss yourself because we we all are broken mm -hmm. and we all have fallen short of that you know, perfect ethic and sex, whether or not you can check the box or not. So just as much as you extend grace to yourself, you know, and can put yourself up on this self-righteous pedestal, because I'm speaking this from experience. I'm not, yeah. I'm not condoning you guys and saying, you know, beat yourself up <laughs> because you're bad and broken too. It's just the sobriety that we are all broken and which is In great capacity yeah like which is great because then we realize our need for a savior yeah and our need for redemption our need for grace and the second we can grasp that we can extend it to others yes. but i could not extend that to kate and we'll get into a really good example later i could not extend it to kate if i didn't accept it for myself yeah here's the thing when you are dating someone instead of weighing their sexual past as like such this important factor that matters today i want to encourage you to look instead at the fruits of their life today mm -hmm. what is their relationship with jesus who are they right now who are they focused on becoming because those are the things that matter ultimately like and also like if they do have passive any kind trauma sexual past what have they done to work through some of that healing yeah like who what have they done to work through some of those things. What is their relationship with God today? What are their friendships like today? And who are they becoming and committed to becoming? Like their sexual past does not dictate their godliness today. The other factors do. What they're doing today and what they the work that they have done. Yeah. That is really, really, really the That's most important That's much more thing. important because we also talk about... I got to say this. Sorry, go, babe. Go. Like I've dated guys that have zero sexual past that I'm like... What are the fruits of the spirit in your life? What uh -huh. kind of relationship do you have with Jesus? Who are you actually becoming? Like, you're not the most godly person just because you've never had sex. I see you doing nothing else over here. Like, you're not actually becoming yeah. a disciple of Christ. You're just kind of sitting there and you're not growing in God in any yeah, way. Just, and I'm uh, like, you're not for me. Yeah. <laughs> you yeah. know you're what I mean? Kinda, yeah. I totally know what you mean. Mm -hmm. And that's why I love the parable of the two debtors. Because yeah. if you guys remember, uh, Jesus was talking to the Pharisees and he said, there's two debtors. One of them owes a week's wages and one of them owes a lifetime of wages mm. and they are both forgiven. Which one do you think is more grateful mm. of the forgiveness? Mm -hmm. And so the more uh, aware we are of that background and how much we're, we are forgiven, the more grateful we are for this weekend, you know, what Christ has really done for us. And so I would say, just like we say, age is not always an indicator of maturity, Sexual background is and, and past is, is not always an indicator of who they are today. Definitely not. And, and it's much more important that you see what they've done to acknowledge that and the, you know, the therapy or the the redemption any, that any work that in processing yeah. they've done like it's great and that's who they that are should becoming be celebrated now, that yeah. should be that should be celebrated like oh wow you have this background and like this is who you are today how how amazing how yes. wonderful you must you must have learned a lot in that process your testimony must reach a ton of people yeah. you know who have looked to sex and yeah. physical um you know connections as their like salvation like what a great testimony to speak to these these neighbors and these people and these other you know neighbors who've experienced the same thing like yeah. that is a testimony worth celebrating yeah 
You know, I think this also, though, brings up just something as a caveat of, like, what if the person, like, had sex last year? Yeah. Are you asking me? Yeah. Uh, yeah, I think um, we all make mistakes. We we all make mistakes, and the reality is... is I think it's... Not to interrupt you. I'm so sorry, babe. Yeah, it's okay. <laughs> I asked the question, and then I have, like... A, it's a hard question. But so. I think the reality is it's coming again, like, even if they had a recent sexual past, that's mm-hmm. the question. What about if they had a recent sexual past? I would still say, like, who are they becoming today? What are they committed to? And are you guys on the same page with that? Which will come into the next episode about what your sexual ethic is and your boundaries. Because if that person did have sex last year, but then they like really were convicted about that. And they realized, man, I, that is not the path I want to be on. And I'm it's just not for me. Like, that's not what I want to save sex till marriage then. And they're on that path actively and they have different accountability in place for that. Yeah. Then I say, that's fine. Again, who are they becoming today? And are you guys on the same page with your boundaries? You know, I have a good example. Yeah. I had a, a very good friend who, uh, a couple of years ago, he slipped up and he had sex with somebody within the community of the church community. And it was, yeah. um, it was hard. It was, uh, he was a great friend. He was somebody who I walked very closely in Christ with, uh, he was my accountability partner. And, um, I had a sense that something was happening, but he called me and he was distraught and he was pretty broken up about it. And he admitted to it. And, you know, it was so funny because we really do love each other. He's a, I love him. And, um, when he told me that it was definitely a fork in the road of, I grew up in the South in the Bible belt, tough love, like consequences, you know? And it was really hard. Cause I definitely had like this kind of fork in the road of decision of, you know, how should I approach this? Yeah. yeah. And I felt like Holy spirit. And what I was led to do was just extend grace because that's what he needed. Yeah. He did not need more condemnation. He did not need to be beat over the head because he already knew what he did was wrong. And it's actually the Holy Spirit's job to convict them, yeah. not yours. That's it. It's the Holy Spirit's job to convict them, not yours. That's and, right. yeah. and so now it's different if you're dating somebody and they're like, oh, yeah, I have sex. It's not a big deal. Yeah. And that's not your sexual ethic. You're not on the same page. You value different things. Yes. And that's where discernment is super important. You can listen to the way that they speak to their sexual experience and observe and just let them share it, which is, you know, is it, um, is it a casual just, yeah, I had sex last year. And then you're like, yeah. okay. Uh, or is it, I had sex last year Yeah, and I really regret it. And God has spoken to me and taught me so much from that experience. Here are the triggers that led to that. Here's what I learned. Here's where I made the wrong decisions. Here's where I tried to cover up. And here's what I do now in my dating experiences to avoid putting myself in that situation. Yeah, that's great, babe. What a difference. A difference. Right? Yeah. Yeah. What a totally. difference. And so when it shows he shows humbleness, it shows a willingness to grow and learn. That takes a lot of courage to share. Tons like of that courage, too. tons of vulnerability. And so, yeah. and we'll get to that example with Kate and I pretty soon. Yeah. Um, right but when this guy came to me, it was the best decision ever because, you know, years later we talk about that experience. 
because I share with him, you know, what I went through in that moment and how I responded. And he, like, he basically cried when we talk about it. And he was like, honestly, like, if you came with the other angle, like, I don't know what I would have done. Mm. But I can just tell you, like, that meant the world to me from you, you know, who I know was a virgin and who's somebody who I really respected and admired. To hear that from you just meant the world yeah. um, and really encouraged me. And he's been sex free from that moment. Yeah. In fact, sex free sounds really <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> he has not had sex, you know, again since that moment. He's actually sex free. I can't, baby. Oh my God. He, and now, guess what? Funny know. enough, he is somebody that I admire and respect because for how he sets and keeps physical boundaries. Yeah, I mean, so it's impressive. amazing his story. Yeah. Like, I really admire him and look yeah. to him for inspiration now. Yeah. Isn't that funny? So, let's talk about when somebody does share your sexual past, which, first of all, well, actually right after this, we'll talk about when to share it and yeah. how to share it. But when someone does share it with you, how should you react? And I want to tell a story about this because like, there's actually an example in this and it's a recent, more recent example with you, babe. Mm-hmm. And where I actually shared with JJ something about my sexual history that I've rarely shared really at all that I've worked through with my therapist and talked about with my therapist, but that I haven't really shared with many people. And honestly, I was, I was so nervous to tell you, I was like, because for me, it was like, man, like there was still a little bit of shame around it. Like Mm -hmm. I had worked through it, but there was a little bit of shame. And so I, I told you about it and just the way you responded, (sighs) babe, the way you responded was like, all my fears of like, how is he going to respond? Is he going to judge me? Is he going to think this about me? Is he going to think that about me? Like you just responded like so calmly, so peacefully without judgment, like all these fears I had around it. Cause I had been thinking about it for a long time. I was like, I should really tell him this before we get married Um, because we're engaged now and blah, blah, blah. And I was like, this is the time I would say this. And I really don't want to, but I was like, I have to. And Yeah. And the way you responded just like completely dismantled like all of my fears I had around how you would see me, Mm -hmm. you know, and it was so it was honestly so healing for me that I can look back at this thing and be like, okay, like even that experience of your response to me and intimacy was like the further healing I even needed in that situation that I had already processed, you know, but it's even more healing um, against any lingering shame where the enemy likes to keep us held, you know? That's like, it's sadly, it's like the devil and the enemy's playground. Mm -hmm. And I would just encourage you guys, every opportunity that somebody comes to you and just like my best friend or Kate in this example, every opportunity is an opportunity to extend grace and Christ's love and forgiveness and redemption to them. And the inverse is true. It's still an opportunity. It's an also an opportunity for the enemy to plant lies, to cut down, to discourage and to bring shame. Yeah. And which one do you want? Here's a great question. Which one do you want to be an instrument of? Yeah. Which one do you want to extend to the other person? Mm -hmm. And I think the big word, there's two of them. The R word is when somebody shares that kind of news with you, are you reacting 
or are you responding? Yeah, that's great. And what a difference. Yeah. Right. And I would just ask you, when you approach the throne and Holy Spirit has been convicting you and, and you go to God, the father and Christ and the Holy Spirit to repent, do they react or do they respond? Yeah. And what love have you been extended? Yeah. So I would just encourage you guys with that. Anytime you have that opportunity to extend, it's like, which one do you want to err on? Yeah. Do you want to extend on condemnation and, and tough love, which, you know, judgment. yeah. And like, when you have a close relationship with people, like Paul's very clear, like there are opportunities to, to be firm, to call people out. I mean, when there's repeated patterns over and over yeah. sometimes as well, but you know, I just, I think, you know, like this is going to be my wife. <laughs> which one do you think is more wise for me to do? You know, and she like when she comes to me like that, and I know it's been uh, we have been engaged, right? And we have known each other and dated for over a year, and she still hasn't told me. Um, and she comes out gingerly and scaredly, you know, and with like her heart like on her hand. It's like what what am I supposed to do right there? Like what you know should I do? And so I think re- I responding, cried. yeah, and with a cherishment and a love you know, for them, because I, I don't see Kate for her, her sexual background. Mm-hmm. I don't see her for her, any background of sin. I see her for who she is today and who she is in Christ. And I love her for that. Mm-hmm. I mean, it is so attractive. And we talked about this, the zoom call that we met yeah. my first 30 minutes of Kate. I got about two minutes before the call where I was checking around. I was like, Ooh, la la. <laughs> But the next 30 minutes was her talking about her testimony of yeah. self-hate, rejection, and past. And I loved it. <laughs> it was so attractive because of who she was today. And abuse and sexual abuse and physical abuse. Yeah, yeah. all of that. I was like, I want to hear it all. So he kind of <laughs> knew my sexual history from the first day. Yeah, I knew. And I read her book, you know. And so um, I knew it. I knew there was a lot there. I knew, you know, that comes with triggers and patterns and traumatic responses, even though I didn't have a lot of experience dealing. We'll definitely do a lot of that because I learned a lot, mm. you know, on these uh, patterns and responses. Oh, yeah. We'll talk about that. Because that does episodes. come with it. You know, yeah. we're not ignorant and just saying it's all perfect you know like sexual past and background on both sides you know comes with like patterns and thought behaviors and triggers and responses like the same for my background with the pornography so both sides have to show a willingness to acknowledge their their past yeah what they've done about it and you know what they've surrendered and what kind of systems and guardrails and boundaries and things they have in place yeah to avoid that same trigger and reaction yeah so, oh, I love you, baby. I love you too, baby. Mm. So to conclude this episode, we're going to talk quickly about when to share sexual past. And this will be fast, but you guys very clearly do not share it up front. Like this needs to be shared in layers. Okay. This is very vulnerable stuff mm-hmm. um, and that the enemy can have a hold on if you share it too early. I believe, I believe if you share everything too early, it's like the enemy is like, mm-hmm, let me just insert shame and insert yeah. these false connections and blah, 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 blah. And so I would say, share it in layers mm-hmm. for sure. Not everything up front. And even if somebody asked you for all those details, we've talked about this. You do not have to share. It's we a, talked about boundaries the a, other week. Like you don't have to share boundaries. I, I don't think I shared this last time. I knew a, a young guy uh, who I was kind of walking through and on his like second date, he admitted to his 
pornography use and she did as well and they were like bonded over this like vulnerability yeah of getting and that's like getting very emotionally naked and he was like dude we're able to be so vulnerable with each other and like up front it's so safe i was like (laughs) (laughs) your gags out i was like bro you did not just say those words (laughs) you did not just brag about about sharing that information on the second date oh my gosh everyone we need and go listen to our boundaries episode as well over all about pace and boundaries because that's really important um i think a lot of what we share like i would encourage you guys like really listen to more than one episode and what we've been sharing the last few weeks because they really layer on top of one another and you know it's important, like <laughs> to go back and listen to the episode on pace and boundaries specifically. But if you are starting a situation where you see potential in someone, I mean, you can say I've had sex or I have a sexual past. Yeah. I look forward to sharing more of that with you through time. Yep. Um, and that's it like period dot end of sentence. Yeah. And I would not really share much at all until the relationship stage. Yeah. At I least. Agree. And then I also don't think you have to disclose everything. And I would say you don't even have to disclose a lot of details until the engagement phase. And some people like, I'm not going to tell you every sexual experience I've ever had. I'm not going to like be telling you that all in detail. (laughs) Yeah. I I just don't think it's necessary. And I think if it is shared, there's two things that happen. One is the, you know, if they are a person that's going to judge you on that and walk away, um, that's probably not a person who you probably should be with. And then two, it does create false intimacy and connection. Yeah. And way too quickly. I mean, that's like sacred information and sacred personal information yeah. that should not be shared. It's pretty big emotional information. Now you can share again earlier if on, I have a sexual past because that's what I've done when in setting boundaries, which we'll talk about next week, because part of when I'm sharing and setting my boundaries is like, I know myself, I know my past. I know what, I know what is going to set me up for success based on what I desire now in the future. Mm -hmm. And so because of that, and because I know myself and because of my history, these are the things I need to put in place. Yeah. You can share it as a reference point. And this is why I'm doing the things I am today. Mm -hmm. I have a sexual pass. So this is why I need to set this boundary in order to make sure I'm not putting myself in this position Yeah, because I have a history of making the wrong choice. For Yeah. of, Of things that I don't want to do Yeah, uh, that I've decided I don't want to do. Yeah. So babe, this has been a great episode. We're going to next week, you guys go into physical boundaries. Thank you, honey, for all of what you spoke to today. Mm -hmm. Well, I I hope I love the fact that Kate's story is her story and my story is mine. Cause I think we get a really good taste of both sides. And I hope like whenever we are firm and we say, you know, don't do this. <laughs> we're not here to condemn you guys. We're saying it because we've experienced it and we've also done the same thing. Yeah. And there's a lot of grace in those words to ourselves and to you guys. So if you have done it, I'm not shaming you. I'm just saying like, it's not the right way to do it. Yeah. And we're called a higher standard. Yeah. And there's um anytime there's that attitude of self-righteousness and, and arrogance, I have a... 
I'm trying to build more, more and more and more awareness because as a goody good boy from the South, who was a Christian, you know, as a teenager and can check the virgin box, like I have to be very on guard for that self-righteousness because it's so easy to percolate. Like it's, it is an enemy's trick, you know, for anybody who has a goody good background, like this is our Achilles heels, self-righteousness and arrogance and believing that we are better than somebody else because we have uh, not as of extenses extensive as a sexual past when in fact ours is just hidden and if that speaks to you go read the parable of the um the son you know who ran away the prodigal son thank you (laughs) and guess what the story is not always about the prodigal son even though we're all of us are the prodigal son in a lot of ways but the story was for the pharisees and the older brother who was at home sitting by the father who quote unquote never ran away but was just as guilty as the prodigal son yeah it's good baby i love you i love you too thank you guys we love hey you guys. come watch us on youtube we are on youtube now wow that's wild so you get to see us in our matching sweatshirts get to see our faces get to see me fired up get yeah. to see interruptions from the dog we upgraded the rig we have i missed my ghetto mic this week I we're, know. we're still blue collar of the people <laughs> We but we we upgraded the mic. We had a pause episode, mid episode, to unplug my fridge so that they couldn't. Yeah, we're set. still janky as heck, so <laughs> we're we're never gonna be the pretty ones, you know, with a perfect setup. But that doesn't matter. <laughs> but please watch us on YouTube, and next week join us for an episode about physical boundaries. Dun dun dun! Oh yeah, <laughs> man, we're full of buzzwords. Oh my gosh, we'll see you next week. Love guys. you guys. Bye bye. <laughs> The Heart of Dating podcast is created by Kate Warman. It is a part of the Converge podcast network. Our incredible editor is the one and only Scott Caro. Our theme music was developed by the amazing Christian Ledoux. Special shout out to Anjali Maga and Gabriella Asperu who make this show possible each week and help to keep me sane. If this is your first time listening to the podcast or if you've never written us a review or ranked us on iTunes, we'd encourage you to do so because it helps us so much to get this podcast into more people's ears. We launch our podcast each and every week on Wednesday. So we'll see you next week. This show is part of the Converge Podcast Network.